Welcome to another episode of The Takedown, a Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. In this episode, the guys sit down with All-American and National Runner-Up Tanner Sloan. The Takedown is presented by Drake's Place and Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Jordan Schoenrock, and I'm excited to have our special guest, National Runner-Up Tanner Sloan. Tanner, Jordan, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good, Tanner. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for coming on, my friend. No problem. Excited to chat some wrestling with you guys. It's been a month, yeah? A little yeah, over a it, day. It, yeah, a month and a day, yeah. A month and a day. <laughs> yeah. Who's Not counting? that I was counting. Yeah, who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it never ends for you, though. Oops, sorry. Have you been back on the mat a lot, Tanner, since then? Uh, Yeah, so last week I started lifting heavy no two weeks ago i started lifting last week lifting just drill and then this week full full go you got some freestyle and greco stuff coming up here pretty soon um yeah my plan for freestyle is senior trials at 92 kilos which is down a weight from what i've been wrestling um and that'll take place may 20th um colorado springs yeah, because 97 kilos, what you were, is what, 218 pounds? 213. 13. 13. Yep. 13. Yep. yep. Sorry. My math was going in my head. Yep. So that's – so, like, when you wrestled the U23 last year, that guy looked bigger than you. Was he? Did you cut um, after? I think oh, – I didn't really cut. No, I was probably weighing 215 to 220 before so, that. i mean i meant to come back to 197 oh yeah yeah for right, sure sorry. um yeah, okay yeah i think the highest i got was like 220 so i mean 23 pounds is i mean you can think of it as a cut but once you get down there it's it's not a big deal so but yeah no 92 kilos is the plan this summer um for seniors um and that'll be 202 203 202.8 yep. yep. i guess but yep so so you get to go out and see meredith for that uh, I would assume she's there, yeah, because she's the new uh, U- USA and national team stuff. So Yo. I think I believe so. Be nice to have a familiar face, I suppose. Yeah, um, Cody. Cody's going with me, so me and him, and I assume Damien. So I'm not sure if my parents are making the trip. I haven't even talked to him about it. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it this year? Um, this one's uh, Colorado Springs. Okay. So. But then, then you win, you win that. Then it's final X, and I don't know where that's at. That's what I meant, I guess. But yeah, 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 I don't know where final X is. I haven't really looked that far ahead. (laughs) One, one, one tournament at a time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were. I mean, it was the week. The week we got back from nationals, we were we were discussing. Okay, am I going to do the senior open, which is in a week or week and a half? And if I am, what weight am I going? And then it's just like, all right, well, we already qualify for 92 kilos for the senior trials in May. So I wanted a little more time off. So that's kind of the decision we decided to make, me and Cody. And so that's why um, we're, we're going to hit the one in May instead of two weeks here. Serbia, Belgrade, Serbia. That's where seniors are? Uh, Final X, yeah, that's what it says. Senior World Championships, so. Yep. There you go. Got to win a few matches first, but yeah. trials and then and final X, and then I guess Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds warm. 
I don't, honestly, I don't think it's much different than here, though. Yeah. <laughs> but so is that all freestyle then? Yep. Yeah, this will, yeah, I'll be all freestyle for the next two months, three months. So just kind of the, depends how I how I end up here in May and then go from there. Nice. So let's jump in uh, here, uh, talking a little bit about your postseason. You know, you had a great regular season, uh, went 20-something, I think, and won, only lost one time all regular season, mm-hmm. got into the postseason there, and uh, just kind of talk about the conference tournament a little bit here first. Yeah, so Big 12s is, you know, it's my fifth year, so it's a familiar, familiar place um, going into the fourth, fourth round here. Uh, I felt pretty darn good um making the the finals for the third time and i knew i knew the finals was going to be a tough one um we've wrestled twice before um we split and and i knew i knew it was going to be a a challenge more so at the big 12s just because it was an eight hour weigh-in um and i'm pretty sure he cuts a decent amount of weight so that one the finals match was kind of a um, a little fire under me because it was not exactly how I wanted it to go, losing 1-0 and triple overtime. Um, so just kind of gave me a little fire. Um, I was healthy going in, um, healthy coming out, which is huge. And then just kind of gave me that 10 days before nationals to really fine-tune um, and make a good run. So um, in the conference in the big 12s you got the number one seed which with anybody remembers we had Damien on before and he kind of talked about he didn't know where you're going to be seated you could be seated anywhere anywhere between one and three um what uh I got a text message here so we're going to take a second to break here uh okay the Final X is in New Jersey, and Worlds are yeah. in Belgrade, Serb- Serb- Serbia. 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 Yep. Yeah, yeah. Finals are in New York City. I New guess. Jersey. Yep. New, New Jersey. Well, yeah, they're kind of the same place. But <laughs> I was talking about World Finals. So. Yeah. Sorry, sorry for whoever I upset. <laughs> hey, we got a U.S. USA team member person Logged that. In watches now obviously well now she could she could comment that you know all you gotta do is be boop and the be booper down in the bottom there and i'll put your i'll put your comments up thank you meredith for that <laughs> glad to have so, you watching she's been on here before she knows what i know not much yep. <laughs> uh, so uh you go to the big 12s seated Number one, were you kind of surprised to see that seating, or is that kind of what on the inside um, you thought you were going to get? I was kind of expecting that, but um, I mean, I wasn't going to be shocked if it wasn't because you know you just don't know how things play out with the seedings and and stuff like that. But I I was kind of anticipating that, and at the end of the day, it's just a number. Like I didn't wrestle to my seed; I got second. So I mean, it does it doesn't really matter, but um, just kind of sets sets the tournament up. Um, you know the Oklahoma State kid kind of 
I don't know if you want to say the the bracket buster or the seed buster because he beat Elam and I've never wrestled Elam. So it kind of just – that's kind of how it played out. And in my head, it made the most sense. So, Do you, do you think if you would have gotten past that tiebreaker, do you think you would have gotten a little more respect in Nationals than seven? Uh, I could see going up a couple, yeah. So Maybe. five. Yeah, five. <laughs> but – you know the the situation and in, in the the position in the bracket was probably the best I could ask for. Yep, and agreed. Yeah, to be the best, you got to beat them all, right? Exactly, hundred percent. But once the, you got past Truex, that was a yeah. That was, that was that was quite the moment. That was the ticket. Yep, it was a lot easier wrestling on the front side as long as you can. <laughs> well, you can't get to the championship match without staying there. So yep, exactly. I got to say one of my favorite of your Big 12 matches had to be the major decision over Oklahoma State's Luke Serber. I mean, you dominated that kid in Brookings, but nobody wanted to really give you respect. And then Hugo win that semifinals match 12 to 1 and know that you completely set yourself up for Rocky. How did that feel going in? Because your semifinals match was the first day, right? Or is that in the morning? Yep. Second yep. So it's the first day was first round quarterfinals in the morning and then semifinals that Friday or Saturday night. And then Sunday was just placing in finals. So Rocky was just on Sunday, but so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Um, when you had Rocky on Sunday, when I've always kind of wondered, this is for college kind of stuff. You guys weigh in all in the morning, right? No yes. matter what time you wrestle. So I it- don't quote me, but it was nine or 10 in the morning. And we didn't wrestle till the finals match. Like everyone weighs in, and then the placings go. The Conci semis and the fifth, sixth, third, fourth place matches go right after that two-hour weigh-in. And then the finals are that night, which was—I mean, I think they started at eight, and I was the fourth or fifth match, so it was nine thirty before I wrestled nine o'clock. So I mean, it was a good eight, ten hours waiting. <laughs> so isn't that? One of the upcoming rule changes we were looking at, Jordan, that um, two so hours prior with a that's with a, it's going to be two hours no matter what. Yeah, right. right. Now, it's only one hour for a duel. Right. That's what so I was. They're oh, they're changing the duels to two hours. Oh, they're yeah. looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But so, like going into that match against Rocky, like you can pretty much throw out any weight cutting or like. Pretty much even weighing in, I would guess. Essentially, yeah. I mean, you can eat and drink as much as you want to feel good and not have to weigh in the next day. Oh. You know, the national tournament's the same way for the final. It's like a you, state tournament. You weigh in that morning, and then I didn't wrestle till that night. So you had all day to rehydrate and, and eat and feel good and and not have to worry about a weigh-in the next day. So, What do you normally do after your weigh-ins? Are you a carbo-load guy or...? Um, uh, before, before like a two hour weigh in or like yeah. a finals, like, yeah, like the, all the finals, I guess. Yeah. So, you doing? I mean, you know, I got my electrolytes in me. I got my, my fruits and, and peanut butter and stuff like that. Um, right away. Then, uh, we, uh, we've been having, we had meals, some meals catered in. So I was like potatoes and eggs, um, some bacon, some kind of protein and stuff. So that's kind of what my meals looked like for the big 12s and nationals um 
maybe go to lunch, get get a decent lunch, warm meal or something like that, and then just kind of good snacks throughout the day, make sure it's hydrated. Sure. Well, it's important, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> what were your nerves like going into that finals match against Rocky and the Big 12s? Like, throughout the um, day, like, having to sit for so long. I mean, it's just, like, an anticipated, like, I'm ready to go. Let's let's get this thing going. Um, but I wasn't, like, super nervous. Um, I was confident. It just, you know, it kind of sucks just waiting all day. Um, then, you, I mean, I watched my teammates, you know, Clay get third and some of those other – DeVos get third and, and stuff like that. It just kind of keep me somewhat busy and not mentally thinking about my match and mentally wearing myself out. Um, so just kind of, um, doing something to keep me kind of busy, but not where I'm exerting a, a ton of energy. Um, after that, uh, placing round, um, Cody and I went and got some lunch, just kind of got away from the environment, um, stuff like that. So then you head to the national, you come home for your 10 days or whatever and get prepped for the national tournament. You find out you get the seven seed to head into the national tournament. What was your thought when you got the seven seed and seen the bracket? Um, First thought was, dang, I got this kid second year in a row, first round from Ohio yeah. State. <laughs> and it like kind of pissed me off. But at the same time, it's like, I know I'm better than this kid. So now it's time to prove it. And so that was my initial thought. I was kind of, I was like, wow, this, this kind of sucks. At the same time, it's like, what, what better matchup could I ask for? Like, it's hard hard to beat me that many times in a row, and especially with the how I've been feeling this year. Um, but, yeah, I was kind of expecting anywhere from four to eight range. Um, you know, I thought, I thought it was really going to be a six just in my head, but I didn't think too much of it. And then seven was – I mean, it was fine. I mean, that's kind of exactly what, what we wanted to have Hoffman first and then that Cornell kid that – um, Damien had a previous before he came to SDSU kind of relationship just because he's a Jersey kid and ended up at Cornell before Damien left or right, right around that time. Um, and then Truax, he's a 84 pounder, really. Yeah. So it was, you know, nothing to take away from him. He was, he was stronger than I anticipated, but, um, it was, it was just a good a matchup for the way I was feeling. Yeah, there so was some there were some interesting things in that match, I think. Like wasn't that uh oh never mind. That wasn't the match I was thinking of. Elon match was more interesting even yet, how that all played out with the Yeah. With the our coach throwing the brick, hitting him in the head, getting the brick back, throwing it back out there like <laughs> shortly thereafter. You guys were on I think you guys were on not wrestling for like six minutes that first period. It it seemed like a long time, and I keep I keep giving Damian crap because he threw he threw the brick too late with with the rules that yes. are set. And I told him I was like, you should have thrown it earlier. I had the takedown. He goes, I know, but I thought you're gonna score the takedown anyways. And so he was. Uh, I keep giving him crap. It's like, well, it might have been a little different. I could have got the first takedown. <laughs> but no, it ended up working out. I mean, he ends up getting a takedown of the deal. I get an escape or a lock. You got the 
escape. Locked hand point yeah. and an escape, which ended up being a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, two, 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 yeah. And I, I knew as soon as he locked his hands, like the coaches, like I kind of made like eye contact with him and they saw it just as like I was looking up and they were already throwing it. So I was like, well, I should be getting this one. And like the camera view and I was up far enough to where they could probably see it. So that one I don't think took near as long as the first challenge because I think it was more. Yeah, um, it was much faster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you get your – I was just going to say, still kind of a funny way to start out a match in the first period. Yeah. Gets you out of the room like that. Three minutes and then it takes 10 <laughs> to wrestle three minutes. How do you get your rhythm going in a match like that where there's challenges and. Yeah. Well, especially against a guy like him, like he, he bled a lot. He didn't bleed once in the big 12s, but he bled, you know, a lot in that semifinal match. And so, you know, I would like to keep the pace a little higher um, and continue to wrestle because he gets tired. Um, but with those breaks, it was just like, like you said, you got to find a, a rhythm and a, and just to like block out all the external stuff and just focus on whistle to whistle. And that's, I mean, ultimately when, when it was second going in the second period and he chose bottom, I was like, all right, this is where the match is going to be won because he's not going to, probably bleed as much and I got to take something away and, and find a way to score. And it'd be a much different outcome. Like, like it ended up being. So when you got that, that arm tilt and the four back points, which was huge, did you know at that point, all you had to do is like continue to wrestle, but like you had scored the points enough points to win is what I'm trying. Yeah. To. Yeah. I knew, I knew when that second period ended and it was, and I knew it was my choice going to the third I said, "There's in my head, I was like, there's no way this kid's going to beat me. I'm I'm too dialed in. I'm too focused to give up a silly four-point move or a takedown and too near fall and, and lose lose this match. And how tired he was in that match versus the Big 12 match, I knew he didn't have enough to, to get me. And I had a significant amount of energy left in me, too, from, I mean, riding someone like that's way easier than you know, trying to get a takedown or trying to get out from bottom. So, yeah, it really did look, I had in my notes, it did look like the whole third period. He was just completely gassed. And like, I thought he would cut me sooner. Yeah. I thought he would cut me sooner and try to get a couple takedowns, but he just tried to ride me and, and try to go for a turn or something. And he's, I don't, I mean, I don't watch film and I don't know much about kids. I mean, Cody's that's Cody's job, but <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to turn me like he's not a turner. He's not a pinner. So like you, you kind of know that kind of stuff going in. It's like, this kid's not going to throw me or do this kind of stuff. So yeah, I knew, I knew when he wasn't going to cut me, I was like, well, you're just going to ride me out to lose by four points. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. But, well, I mean, it seemed like, I mean, that, that match went a lot better and was, I, I, I hate to say easier, than the one previous, but but kind of right. I mean, once you got right. those four points, the second and third period were much easier. Yeah, yeah. And actually, really, the whole match in general was was much. It was a much different match, I guess, compared to to that quarterfinal one. Did I know that me from an outsider looking in that, and I've seen you wrestle now for five years, and I know you pretty personal there. Uh, in my eyes, I thought that as long as you didn't get ride out, rode out, 
you were going to beat Rocky in the in the NCAA tournament. Did you kind of have that same game yeah. plan slash mentality? Yeah, it was it was get an escape under a minute of riding time or get a takedown. And and I knew in that first period when he came at me a different way than he did in the Big 12s, I knew I could get to his legs. In the Big 12s, he just kind of posted up, and I couldn't get – I mean, he's really long. He's really tall. And I couldn't get through his arms to get to his legs. And then in that national tournament, I could get through his arms to get to his legs. So I knew that it was going that I was going to get a takedown regardless – it was that takedown that Han should have thrown the brick on earlier or in the third period when I needed one. <laughs> yeah, when you got that, that what well, was kind of like a tr- tri pull and you had that real deep shot mm-hmm. in the third there. That was, yeah, that was a great takedown, really. <clears throat> and, you know, you made you made a little news with your Hope It's Elam comment earlier oh, uh, yeah. in the match before. That was, that was kind of fun, you know, because he was like, oh. well, yeah, we've had some good exchanges. So. The, the funny thing, or, I mean, funny or whatever, I mean, just speaking into existence is, I was walking the halls after the Big 12 match, and I was pissed. And Han, Han comes up to me and goes, you're going to have that kid in the semifinals to make the national tournament. And, like, at the moment when you're pissed, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever, coach. And then when the brackets come out, it's like, I mean, if this plays out the way I think it will, I mean, I'm going to have this kid to make the national finals. And then just that moment when the, the end of that third period when I realized it was like, wow, coach just spoke that into existence and I'm going to the national finals was kind of a crazy moment. What, I mean, we've seen it. It's been well documented. What were the emotions like on the inside to actually finally have a national tournament that us SDSU fans know that you're capable of? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, the overtime win, in the quarters to make the semis and make the podium. I mean, the best way to describe it is just like a roller coaster effect of emotions. You know, you're super high, you're super low, you're, you're mixed feelings about stuff. It's just more the way I, I took the first three matches was a tunnel vision. Okay. This, this is what I got to do one match at a time to accomplish my goal. And once I hit that quarterfinal match and won that overtime match. It was like the stress and the release was just like weight off my shoulders just because I was like, okay, I'm, I'm an all American. That's the, that's the first step of my, my goals. And going into the next matches was the same thing. It's like, okay, I've accomplished this goal. Now just go wrestle and have fun and it'll play, pan out the way you want it to. If I'm just, just, wrestling and and that's kind of how it went and that's i guess the whole national tournament is just have fun you know if you're not having fun you're not gonna win i guess well it it was pretty obvious i think in how you came off the mat in that quarterfinal and you know right right to cody can you talk a little bit i know you and cody have a pretty special relationship and you do a you guys probably have some goes together and stuff. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit, having Cody there? Um, yeah, so what that means to you. I mean, Cody's kind of been there since day one um, from like a recruiting standpoint. Um, you know, I, most people know I was recruited by the old coaching staff. Um, then when they left, uh, it's kind of in the air waiting, then heard from Damien, and then they heard Cody was staying. So kind of just already had that connection with Cody already. 
So it's just built from, you know, the recruiting uh, standpoint. And I mean, we do individuals on a weekly basis. Um, we spend a lot of time and he's watching film and giving me advice. And so just kind of being my, my go-to guy, um, just, you know, whatever I need to do, whatever he tells me to do, I do, um, you know, especially this year, I've kind of just changed my mindset um, because I was tired of not reaching my goal of being an All-American. And so I was just like, all right, this year, it's just, you tell me what to do. I'm going to do it without no ifs, ands, buts, complaining. And ultimately, I mean, look at where it got me. So I respect Cody a lot for just pushing me through the hard times and, and being there on my side and, and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Co- Cody's great. Sorry. And for people that don't know, um, or that are newer, uh, Cody does all the traveling with you in all yep. of your summer stuff too, right? Yep. He was, uh, he was my, when I'm, when I went to juniors in 2019, he, him and Damien made the trip. Cody was in my corner. Um, and then in Spain last fall, he made the trip with me. He's been to, uh, Colorado Springs Olympic Training Center once with me. So, I mean, he's just kind of kind of the guy that I travel with, I guess, or spend a lot of time with. So we got we do have a question that came in from a listener. And, and Jordan, if you want to get one in, and then I'll, I'll have a follow-up about the Cody, and then we'll get to Brock's question. So, Okay. Um. So, like, with the whole Cody thing, I mean, it was well documented by Damien too, just how Cody's really your coach. I mean, mm-hmm. Damien is too, and Cam and Brady are also, but Cody and you definitely have that special bond. That for people that don't really know that we're listening to the or just watching the stuff that went on, but what was, I mean, they're really minus me and Chad and. Um, I know the Collegians did a couple articles this year and stuff like that, and the Brookings paper's getting a little better. What was it like to finally get publicity <laughs> on this wrestling team and uh, it to come down onto you and Clay and how you I guys mean, handled everything? It, feel, it feels good, right? I mean, we worked hard. Um, the public now can see it, but I, it doesn't make that much of a difference to me. I'm still going to be the person I am, whether – the city of Brookings knows who I am or not. Um, just kind of the way I was raised, kind of the way I go about life is just one thing at a time and, and not worry about as big of a name as I can make it just to, you know, do the things that I'm set out in front of me. And, and, you know, if kids come up to me on the street, like, yeah, I'll, they, they know who I am and I'd take pictures with them and, I love doing that just to grow the sport of wrestling. Right. But, um, and, and, you know, like I was that kid one day too, or one time, um, seeing collegiate wrestlers on the street or at a duel or something and, and wanting a signature, like, but yeah, I mean, the publicity doesn't mean a lot to be super known. Um, but it is, it is nice to be kind of recognized. Um, so one follow-up on the recruiting thing. Is it true you were real close to going to co-college? And, uh, you know, was it Cody that reached out? Is that what changed changed that and brought you to SCC? So, Can you talk a bit how that 
Yeah, so my high school coach um, wrestled for Co. Uh, and so I just had that connection just because he wrestled there. Um, I didn't really have a lot of options at the time um, just because, I mean, I wasn't heavily recruited by Division One schools. Um, I was still playing football. Um, and Co., uh, they, I mean, they reached out. I went on a visit. The only thing that held me up for as long as it as it did was just the academic side of things like there was besides SDSU there wasn't a school that hit home with the academics um and so that was probably the biggest reason why I didn't go to co um and then I think it was early February no late January Bono or Reader I guess it was Reader reached out to me um I think through uh a contact of through football or something. Cause my football coach was talking to the football coaches here about me possibly playing football here. And then I, I made the decision to wrestle and then I'm not sure if the transition from football to wrestling, they got my contact and that's how they contact me. But that's kind of what like started that um, connection here, I guess. Um, and then just the visit after, the high school season um, and and seeing that the campus and just having agriculture um, related academics was basically a shoe in. Sure. So Brock Golseth, uh, one of our listeners, he's heavy into wrestling. He, he, he asked this question. He says, I'd like to get your take on where you feel the program is going and how great the program could be with a great coaching staff, guys like you being nationally known, being a nationally known hammer and the new facilities, I feel like Brookings is becoming a place that kids will really look at as far as one of the better programs in the nation. So, yeah, for sure. Um, I think the better days are ahead, obviously. And uh, I'm sad that I won't be a part of it, but I've, I'm, I'm happy that I've can do what I can do to help, build this program um you know damien's worked extremely hard and and fundraising and, and getting this facility and just kind of the culture that he has brought with the coaching staff um has led us to what our season that we had this this past year and and what's what's to come um so for sure the, the future is bright um the facility helps uh results like this this past season's helping uh i I think i seen something that we're pre-ranked around 10 um that's a pretty pretty solid um ranking for as big of a university as we are um you know we had clay and i as all americans we had two in the blood round i mean that goes a long ways in just kids seeing where the program's going so um, with your little talk there, um, I'm going to, we're going back five years here for a minute. <laughs> when you came in five years ago and Damien really sold this program to you guys and you got, your class had to buy in. I yeah. Mean, so, so we were kind of, I mean, part of us were Damien's recruit. I think Clay was actually Damien's first solo recruit. And then, you know, I was kind of recruited by the old coaching staff, but I wasn't signed. 
So Damian kind of got me a little bit there too, or mainly kind of Damian and Cody. Um, but yeah, my class was, I mean, Damian's first year. So, I mean, he, we were the people to help develop, you know, cause the, the other kids were, I mean, they had two years, one year left. Um, that was just to kind of get us young guys transitioned and then it just kind of waterfall effect. And I know we're getting like kids like DeVos in the next year, um, you know, for a while, our team was really young. Um, I'm, you know, I'd have to go down and look now, but I think we're we're starting to. Clay and I are the oldest two coming in next year, so I mean, just kind of paving the path is kind of how Clay and I've what we've done, I guess, um, just as a you know buying in pr- process to the to the program. And how does it feel that um, you guys buying in five years ago? I mean, I know you and Clay haven't both of you guys haven't achieved your ultimate goal but you guys have achieved huge goals that you guys have set out for how does that feel to like know that it's actually paying off and damien wasn't just filling you guys full of horse right yeah you know that that goes back to the system that damien's kind of created with the the coaching staff you know each of us have our own individualized coach you know like obviously everyone knows that cody's mine um, Clay spent a lot of time with Cam and now he's, you know, we got Brady in here now. So he's spending some time with a smaller coach. Um, but just the, you know, what each coach is like coaching us, like builds, builds our, our confidence and our, our wrestling abilities. And that this kind of goes to show for these younger kids, you know, when they first come in, it's all new. Like they're, they're not used to individualized coaches, you know, like we do individuals once a week towards the end of the season where we're we're working on things that the starters need personally um and so that's kind of helped build the system and these kids are like seeing like okay and they're working at it they're working hard they're they're getting more individual times in um and i i think that's just a big part of developing the kids and and that's kind of damien's system is is more uh, you know one-on-one towards the end of the season to build those kids and peak them for what what ultimately matters in in march so we got another question here shane rents um wrote in and said what team did you want to compete against the most team wrestler who were you looking forward to the most um okay so like as as a in a duel is that what he's meaning i think so yeah okay um you know, it's fun beating NDSU, right? Um, <laughs> sure they're, is. They're, they're rivals. Um, but my ultimate one that I've been kind of setting out is the Oklahomas. You know, they're sure. big powerhouse, big 12 schools. You know, um, we can do it, man. I mean, we got the we got the kids. We got the work ethic. Just got to have it in our favor, you know. Yeah, it- and those those are really close duels this year and, and i have some opinions on them but. you know we do we do like goal meetings with the coaches at the beginning of the year each kid gets a sheet that the coaches print out and it, and it lists goals in individual goals on the mat off the mat and then a set of team goals and my team goal is you know big 12 champs i mean dual dual champs um and and you just look at it on paper of how we can compete against schools within the big 12 and man, the last two years were, were right there, you know, 
I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State were both, you know, a swing match away, you know, and that, that puts us in it for a, a Big 12 dual team champion. Yeah, that uh, atmosphere up in NDSU, do you like that? I, I, I thought it was pretty cool, and coaches seem to like it too. So. Yeah, um, I guess anything they can do to try to beat us. Um, <laughs> I, I like that atmosphere, um, a little smaller, you know, people kind of on top of you. Um, I don't mind their actual other facility either. I think that's a pretty – The Shields. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty nice arena as well. But, no, I mean, it was it was fun. So heading into next year, uh, you're, I mean, the guy that beat you, he's done and gone. So you're the number one favorite, I would say, or the new target. Uh, what is, how's, how are you going to handle that pressure since you've kind of um, been a kid to slide under the radar in the last couple of years? You know, to be honest, I'll probably still be that kid that has to be under the radar. No one's probably going to expect me to, to do what I did. Um, which is fine. I don't really, really care. Um, but I mean, just consistency, um, you know, wrestling like I wrestled the last two and a half, three months of this season um, and just building on it and getting better, you know, a new goal of mine, you know, for, for the next year would be, you know, Hodge trophy, right. Be, be dominant. You know, I made it to the national finals. Was, just came up a little short, but why not win it? Why not win it a Hodge trophy? So if I'm got the mindset of, you know, being the most dominant, these, you know, it could take care of itself. And, you know, if I don't win the Hodge trophy, but I win a national title, like it's a little trade off. But I mean, if I'm, if I'm focused on being a Hodge trophy winner, I'm going to score a lot of points and that's going to put me ultimately at the top of the podium. And you'll probably end up, if you get a Hodge, you'll probably end up a national champion anyway. Yep. And, so to that, to that, you you're really good at your takedowns, and your coach has told you many times that if you get on someone's legs, you can score. So it's <laughs> going to be a lot of that, right? You're going to be that, a lot of shooting. Yeah, that's. I mean, maybe it's more cutting out of shots. me this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so you're coming back this next year, and that's your last season, right? Because of mm -hmm. COVID, you get this extra year. Yeah. Maybe talk a little bit about how strange that was to go. You're going to have nationals in minneapolis it was a real bummer but probably turned out to be a good thing i suppose yeah i mean there's positive and negatives to both way both ways you look at it but um i mean it gives me another year here i get to go to grad school now so i'm going to get a master hopefully the plan is to get a master degree um so i mean that's a positive out of it you know i wasn't yeah, thinking about going any further than this year. Um, so academically it's a, it worked out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get a chance to use this new facility for a year and train in one of the best environments you can, you can ask for. Um, that, that's positive out of the deal. Um, you know, I, I always joke around that I'm getting old, but I'm really not that old. So, I mean, uh, wait till you're 40 plus, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm excited uh, that it's given this opportunity. Um, you know, being a four-time All-Americans out of the question, being a three times out of the question, but now it's can be a two-time and a national champ. So that's the that's the goal. And a Hodge. And a Hodge. Yep.
and you're a four-time national qualifier right now, right? Yep, yep. So you'll be one of the few that can say that you were a five-time qualifier ever. Yep. Like, yep. That'll be pretty cool for you, and hopefully next year. And hopefully get a Big 12 title in the deal too, you know. I just didn't remember if you were healthy going into that COVID year or not. So yeah, I was I was wrestling pretty well that year. You know, I had a few bangs and bruises, but I mean, everyone's got those. And I was healthy. Besides this year, that year was probably the next healthiest I was. Okay, sure. Was the year before that you had the kind of health issues then? The year, yep, the year after yeah, okay. when COVID started or, late, yeah, after, yeah, tore the late, tore, tore my labrum and and stuff. So I had shoulder issues last year. So, so this summer, your plan is you're doing the what the uh, obviously you're doing the USA wrestling stuff. Uh, we already talked about that, but tell me a little bit about this uh, train like a Norseman camp, if you could. Yeah, so I guess that was the first camp I accepted to do. And that was before the national tournament. And so um, I had a connection through the guy that helps run it, reach out to me. And I was like, sure. So I don't know a lot about it. I never went to that camp, but I'm pretty excited because that was kind of the first one I accepted. Um, then since nationals is over, I think I've got 12, 13, 14 camps now. Um, people wow. keep texting you know, every other week. I've been getting a couple more. So the summer's going to be busy. Um, Plans to, you know, train train here, drive to camps, do that kind of stuff most of the summer. So, Yeah, because that's down basically the Moines area, right? Um, it's Iowa-Minnesota border. So oh, okay. Decorah, yeah. So it's like oh. two and a half hours from home. So Yeah. Or just under two yeah. and a half hours. So. Decorah is gorgeous. It's really pretty. They got some really good beer there. It's kind of <laughs> a weird spot, but I'm sure you're not into the beer if you're trying to keep healthy. So yeah, yeah. So, so um, and you can say pass on this question if you don't want to answer. That's perfectly fine. But I mean, the world we live in nowadays, and it was very well documented that Tucker Craft got many phone calls last year and NIL deals. Uh, any other schools try and reach out with NIL deals or anything like that to you after the national uh, tournament? Not, no, not really. We won't go into that, but <laughs> okay. Sounds fair. Yeah. Not, not, not any other schools. I mean, there's, there's rumors on Facebook and stuff. You'll, you'll see that, but there was no like school that reached out to me technically. No matter what, what, what counts is you're going to be a jackrabbit next year. That's the plan, yep. Yeah, there you go. That's all that matters <laughs> to us. <laughs> I think they're going to have to take... We cheer for you no matter where you're at. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the way I look at it is this place gave me a chance. This is a place I've now call home. Um, five years ago, other people had their chance. Um, so why why want why would i want to leave this that's built me to the the wrestler i am so that's kind of the way i look at it for sure we appreciate that we appreciate you staying and you know going my my roommate kimball he asked me i don't know an hour or so ago he's like sloan do you like brookings more than your hometown now i was like 
kind of Dan. I do. <laughs> so I was like, this is a fun town. It, it is. It is nice. It is nice. It's it's small. It's or it's not small compared to where I'm from, but no. it's it's a good size. You know, it's a relatively you know safe you know city or br- town. Like you don't hear of anything going on bad. There's no bad stuff happening here, and it's it's just a it's you know it's a good place. I mean, the people and the community super nice it's definitely a college town and it has all the amenities a person really needs yeah exactly yeah and i and i mean comparing it to my hometown it's it's the same kind of community atmosphere just on a larger scale you know and albernet's what north of cedar rapids right yep about 10 15 minutes yep okay so most of the amenities that we we need we go cedar rapids for sure I've been out that way once. So how about how, how nice was it to be able to have the national championship right in the same setting that you had been in, you know, just what, 10 days before for the big 12s. I mean, the familiarity with the Bach had to be kind of a a nice thing that kind of had to help in, in some ways, at least maybe mentally. Yeah. As a, um event center standpoint it was it was nice you know we're used to i've been there the last four years for the big 12s um i people were weren't sure that it was going to be big enough i guess but i mean from a wrestler standpoint in an atmosphere it was everything you could ask for um i think the people as a, a fan base is where it was probably not as good you know tulsa probably didn't have as good of places to go eat or things to do in that area. But I mean, just, I mean, as a athlete standpoint, going in, knowing like how the lay of the arena was comfortable, comfortable for us, you know, what I did like um, versus, you know, previous national tournaments was, you know, they set up these camp areas for the teams. Um, so they had a bunch of like pop-up curtains and stuff and they had them labeled for each team and, most other, I guess every other national tournament that I've been to, you just kind of try to designate an area to yourself. And it was, you know, bigger schools took up this big much room. And now this place each, I mean, and back in the tunnels had their own um, team camp. And that was, that was really nice just as an arena standpoint. I got to think that you've probably went back and watched your matches, right? Actually, no. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> I could probably replay them in my head. Um, well, yeah, probably better than I could even remember than having just watched them before. You know, this. the um, only parts of them that I've probably seen is just probably the little clips on like Twitter, you know, sure. social media or whatever, just the 10, 15 seconds. But I, I no. just had a silly question because <laughs> well, on the one. Ask it, Chad. Ask I, it. They, well, no, no, it's... no. I'm not going to. No, it's not what you think, actually. I, I know what you think it is, and it's not that. Um, <laughs> On, I think it was the quarterfinal match. They they had said, you know, you're from a small town uh, in Iowa, like Wait Phillips, and I and I was curious if you actually knew who Wait Phillips was or who he, yeah, who he was. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect you to. I just happened to. He's the guy that started Phillips '66. You're probably familiar. Oh, with that. okay, yeah. And he yep. was, and it was buried down in Knoxville. So. Uh, fun fact for you, Jordan, about Knoxville that you did not know. He was very rich and uh, donated a bunch of land to the Boy Scouts down in New Mexico. So that's how I know about him. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, <you're laughs> kind of like I said, it's kind of dumb. The other thing, if you wanna, you can point it out, Jordan. That's uh, <laughs> so. Chad sent me this video today, and you know what? I'm just this gonna, video. Yeah, you got it pulled Go up. Oh, I'm you gonna, want me to pull it up? I can pull it up. No, I'm. I'm just gonna. If anybody watches this at the 1756 mark of so the very end of the Rocky Elo match, right? Yep. In the semis, the match On gets YouTube. over, and it's the YouTube videos ending or the ESPN clips ending, and somebody else, thank you for leaving or something like that, Bono. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they literally yelled, "Thank you for leaving, Bono." And I, I'm guessing I, I kind of <laughs> shot off a link to Coach and said, "This is kind of funny." I thought so. Uh, <laughs> take a look and listen. So uh, I'm sure he's not watching this, but. Uh, it, it was kind of funny, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't have to dwell on it too much. It was kind of funny. Uh, what was it like to have eight of you guys all down there for the national tournament? As in the past, we haven't got to take that many kids. Yeah, um, that was you know just as a team standpoint, you know that's that's fun. You know, you got eighty or ten buddies down there um, competing all for the same goal of all Americans and national champions. And it, it helps kind of just feed each other, you know, when when one person wins and, and their emotions are high and they're winning, they're like, yeah, and then they go out there and then they win. I mean, we had a couple of rounds where we were, you know, winning some big matches, you know, and, and coming back on the backside all the way to the blood round because my buddies are doing good. Like, that was that was a good feeling to have, and I hope next year we can have all 10. So it's just like – you know, a duel or a tournament standpoint where you have a guy wrestling each weight class and, and it'll be more fun for the fans too. I think this year we had probably the most fans at the national tournament um, as far as I've, as long as I've been here. Um, so, you know, when there's 10 SDSU guys out there, it gives the fans to watch, you know, it makes the sessions go faster and, and stuff like that. So it, it's fun, I guess. I mean, when you're when you're having fun and wrestling with your friends and and doing well, it, it kind of feeds off of each other. So we came home with a 14th place finish. Should have been 13th, I'll... or could have been you know 11, 12, 11, 10, 12. 12. Yeah. I mean, we, we got a point deduct. So yeah, yeah we got yeah. A, we I... got a point deduct. <laughs> you were were you were you mat side for that when that happened? Um, no. So or when you're I... getting ready. No, our, our team area, we had a computer set up that had the uh, matches going. So we saw it on the back on the match. And, <laughs> so yeah, then you I, heard what the ref said, probably. I didn't hear what the ref said or anything. I just saw DeVos spiking his head. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. And, and the ref on, says, man. you know, I got to do that. He, he says to he says to coach, he says, you know, I got to do that. Because if I don't, you know, they're going to get after me. And this is my job, you know. He, he basically said that I have to. I'm required to deduct a team point for that. Yeah. Which it's yeah. kind of crap at that. It, I mean, it's not, you know, it's it's not 13, like he did it on the other at the other right. bench or I get 13, it. 14th place. The rules are rule. A little more lenience, but you know, if that's 10 or 11 spot, maybe, maybe you would have kicked him in the butt a little more and got <laughs> on him, but <laughs> yeah. he'll learn from it, I guess. Uh, they, uh, yeah, it didn't surprise me that 
you know, it, we've we've had him on the podcast quite a few times, and he's a good kid. But yeah, yeah. Uh, also he was just excited in the moment. I yeah. I I don't see the harm in it, especially in a non-dual environment. Yeah, I mean, it it goes. You know, when like Coach said, it, that's the, weak. It's the <laughs> only we're like one of the only sports that you can take a team point away. Like, why? why right. I mean, that's the only way I guess we can be penalized or something. You know, football, you get a flag and you lose some yardage or something, but right. still keep your points. <laughs> but I don't make the rules. I just go by them, I guess. So that is a good um, lead way into something here. This will probably all be news for um, Tanner here, but Flo released an article today that there's 14 proposals that passed. The coaches now have um, – We'll have two weeks to submit their feedback to the NCAA panel. And then June 8th, they'll do their discussion and vote to see if these rules are going to go in. Um, we'll just touch on some of these. I seen uh, I seen right before I got on, I saw I probably the same article you looked at. I saw, you know, a handful, four, five, six of them. And you know, glad I have one year left in that aspect because rules just keep changing, but <laughs> Starting with a takedown will be worth three points next year. Yeah, um, riding. That, that, time. That's the one. That's the one. They're these are the ones they're voting on, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So none of these are official yet. They're just voting, and or like the coaches have their time now to um say their things. Mm-hmm. This is one that I think will fall into your favor. Here, uh, riding time will only be a point if the kid churns the other kid for a near fall. So. So you, they're saying if I have over a minute of writing time, but no back points, I don't get the writing time. If you point. don't, your yeah. points, which I mean, so that's the point of the three point takedown and the ride time rule here, as far as I see is to keep people from just riding people out, you know, kind of have a little more action, like freestyle and that, the, the past discussion about these changes. I feel like what I've college seen. is just going to change to freestyle. Well, it's know, possible, but yeah. And then they're going to, they're voting to bring back the three point back I did points. See that. I do I do agree with that one. Like, you know, you get two beer fall for two back or two count, three for three count, four for four count. I mean, it makes sense. Yep. Um then there's the, the, stuff about the uh, challenge rule. Is that one that they voted on yet? Yeah, the challenge rules in yep. here too. Um if I'll they have that one. I mean that one's you know uh, the, the match I'm thinking of is the Elam match. You know, if, for an example, if Han threw the brick when he did with this new rule, then I probably would have got two and then it would have been a reversal two. So it would have been two and two that way. Or, yeah. you know, where it was too late. So they just, no, it was like, I think it was a, a warning for control of area or something like that. Or, yeah, what they what they say is video review would provide the referee with the authority to confirm or overturn all calls or missed calls during a video review challenge sequence rather than a single move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the one you're talking about, right? Yep, yep. yep. So like the, the Elam match would have been that whole sequence versus just right. where they challenged my takedown, but he let it play out too long to where – the challenge didn't. I still think it's funny. You hit him in the head with a brick. I know it's soft and it doesn't matter, but every time I see it bounce off Elam's head, it makes me chuckle. <laughs> it's like great aim, coach. And I 
and and you know it was Damien that threw it. Oh <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it definitely wasn't Cody. <laughs> so uh, and then this is the one that I don't agree with, and maybe I'm understanding this the wrong way, but the current mandatory five second count for a waist and ankle rides would include all situations in which the top wrestler grasps the bottom wrestler's ankle. How are we supposed to do our famous SDSU bow and arrow cradle if you can't grab the guy's ankle for more than five seconds? Yeah, so, <laughs> I yeah, exactly what you said. I don't know the clarification exactly on this um, rule, but go Can ahead. Can I time out for a second? Ryan Gronowski, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a huge SDSU fan because his brother's the quarterback, but mm-hmm. I was wondering if maybe you'd give him a shout-out. He's a special Olympian and quite the quite the awesome dude. Maybe say hi to Ryan. Yeah, hey, hey Ryan, thanks for watching. Uh, maybe you can get to a duel this, this winter, and we'll uh, get to meet you there. That'd be awesome. So back into it. Sorry, I just <laughs> wanted to throw that out there quick. Uh, yeah, I don't – I haven't, I've watched like a four minute video of what Flo posted. So I don't know exactly the rule change in concern. And I guess that's not going to be my biggest priority until it changes. But the riding the ankle rule, I mean, for me, as a how I ride the ankle, I don't feel like I'm abusing it to, to just ride and stall where some people kind of do. So, I mean, it can yeah. kind of hurt me a little bit or same time exactly what you said jordan like how are we gonna get to a bow and arrow if you know i mean that's about one of the only ways you can get to that so i would think that'd be a great thing for a coach to write in like you know if if it's part of a move like you know if you're actually doing something with it potentially you get a little more i don't know time in the process because like so say you're trying to set up the bow and arrow you get into it you get five seconds to do something with it. If you ain't started to turn the guy, you know, then you got to let off. But if you start turning the guy, you know, then, then do we stop the count? Because it, you know, it becomes something more than just an ankle ride. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I'm don't not know. a coach. I guess exactly either. Am I. <laughs> and I feel like these come out every year. There's a million rules that they come up with. That's their job. And I feel like a lot of these get shut down, but it's just a good kind of well, I mean, to touch on a little bit. The one of the newer rules, excuse me, when I was coming in was the hands of the face deal. You know, if you touched anywhere in this triangle, it was automatic point, you know, and I think that got taken out of hand a little bit. Um, I mean, it's wrestling, it's physical, you know, I'm gonna hit you in the face on accident sometimes, but you know, now I think it's more up to the ref, you know, if the kid's just constantly doing it, then yeah, you, you ding him for a point. But, you know, it, that rule kind of changed over the last five years too. So who knows where these new ones, if they get past, how they'll change. But Well, and this one I think is going to be a real real good rule for you, uh, change if we see it. It's, uh, you know, the facial hair rule, which limited wrestlers to beards of no longer than a half inch in length. It's going to be eliminated. You can just have, you know, full beard. Oh, I don't like Abe Lincoln. They, I don't even think they really looked at that to begin with. There's kids out there. With, the, I know. The kid that reminds me the most, I don't even know his name, to be honest, but it was the it was the Northwestern, like, 25, 33-pounder. That dude always had a full beard and was, like, coming out of his chin cuff. I was like, what do we have that rule for if he doesn't have to trim it? So Yeah. 
I think it's one of those things where like if you choose to have long hair or long facial hair and it gets kind of pulled on, not in an intentional way, that yeah, that's that's, well, that's your own fault. Of, beer, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's your own fault, man. Like, yeah. Just like that the hair net thing, that thing's that that's gone too or something. I don't know. You yeah. Can see kids with long hair, ponytails and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you did you ever get a chance to wrestle with AJ much? I I mean, he's one of my favorite wrestlers too. I, I'm more of a top top weight guy because I'm a fat kid myself. But uh, and and you definitely don't fall into that. Neither does he. But uh, you know, that's what I wrestled as a pudge when I wrestled. So. Um, yeah, you had a chance to wrestle with him much. Yeah, I I wrestled, you know, in the summers when I was bigger. You know, when I got you know mid season, I tried to avoid wrestling him because you know I'm closer to weight and had to lose a few pounds. And sure, AJ's a big dude. He's not fat by any means. No, but he's just, no, no. He's a big dude, and yeah, he's strong. And if I had to roll around with him, I would. You know, every once in a while, um, when I was training for worlds back in like september i wrestled with him a decent amount just because you know, i was 215 220 and he was 250 so i mean that's 30 pounds versus when i'm down to 250 pounds is it, it was a big difference oh yeah definitely <laughs> you know, 30 pounds is still a lot but yeah i'm gonna miss that guy that's for sure i really yeah. like watching he was really yeah. quick and wrestled you know, more like like a ninety seven pounder, I'd say. Exactly. Or, yeah. Or or an athletic. You know, there's not that many real athletic uh, guys at at that level. It seems. Mm-hmm. You know, the top no, guys he, usually are, but he'll definitely uh, he'll be missed. Um, there'll be some shoes to fill, but you know, the direction this program's going, it's it should be all right. Yeah, maybe Mason Paris will come transfer down. <laughs> Yeah, he might actually graduate. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's done. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is done. They uh you know, I just gotta I gotta give you and I think we're gonna set up a podcast with Clay Hair pretty soon too and have him on to talk and but um you guys both just for not having a PR team around and having Damien as our PR person, let's say (laughs) I know Cam does a lot of it and Brady does a lot of it and stuff like that. But uh you guys are just so well spoken and well put together in all your guys' interviews. And I want to give you guys props to that in the NCAA tournament. You guys, you and Clay just killed your interviews, and that was great to see. Yeah, thank you. How often do I get to take Kimball down? Oh, he tries to avoid me as much as possible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think I've. Obviously, no scraps in the house. No, not not usually. Um, I know we're I don't know we're five five weight classes apart. Yeah. The last close. time, the last time I wrestled Kimball, um, this I I don't remember what when what time frame it was, but we were you know we both didn't have a partner. I'm pretty sure it was freestyle. Probably freestyle is probably why we were wrestling. You know, because you know why not just screw around and have fun. And the mats were slippery, and I had his leg up, single leg, and, you know, I can kind of muscle him here. Well, he slipped, and his knee was pointing straight to the ceiling, and I slipped at the same time, and his knee jabbed me right in the ribs, like kind of like right in the floater ribs. And that was the last time I wrestled Kimball. 
because he's trying to hurt me all the time. <laughs> I tell him. But no, that was that was a couple of years ago, and man, did that hurt! And I was sore for a while. You guys live fairly close campus, or are you guys a ways away? Um, we're kind of on the south end by the nature park. Oh, kinda, okay. on the bluegill have here. So, yeah. I mean, there's a the whole our whole streets. I mean, the one side's all college kids, and these like townhomes or duplexers sure. or whatever. So, it's not bad. I mean, one end of town to the other ten, side of town is only 10 minutes, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a big deal. But. Jordan's getting tired, it looks like. That's the second <laughs> yawn I've been counting. Um, Jordan, do you have anything anything left for uh, for a guest here that you um, want to touch on? No, I don't think so. Um, a couple other things I just want to touch on for our listeners um, is – I don't know. Some people have Tanner Cook on social media, stuff like that. Uh, he did have surgery last week. I talked to him. He's good. Everything's going well there. Um, and then, unfortunately, in this time and age, uh, Roman Gagatska or how do you say that? Yeah, and um, Jack Thompson uh, have both entered the transfer portal. So we want to wish them the best of luck if they're not back next year. And that's just kind of the life we're in right now. But I think that's it for big news for this. Yeah. Cook, I mean, I got to give it to him. He's tough. He, uh, yeah. he had surgery Friday in the morning. and he Back was surgery, at, just so everybody yeah, knows. <laughs> yeah. He was at practice walk, walking around watching his practice. I mean, gosh, that's, that's, that's going to be pretty tough. I don't know how well I'd be feeling. It's going to take him a second to read that, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what he's talking about, you know, keeping his yeah. boy entertained. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's fun having you guys down there. Well, what do you say? How about a get jacked on three? All right. Three, two, one. Get, get jacked. jacked. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We would also like to thank our title sponsors, Drake's Place of Bottle and Cottonwood Coffee and Bistro of Brookings. We would also like to thank our other sponsors, Dakota Iron Equipment of Sioux Falls, Shenanigans Sports Bar and Grill in Sioux Falls, and Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. And as always, go Jazz!